stinking coming in here stinking. You're listening to the only podcast in the universe where clothing is optional, but pot is not. Broadcasting from FEMA Region 7, it's Bowl After Bowl with your hosts, Lorian and Spencer. Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I am a lone wolf. He does live in Kansas City. Dame DeLorean. Lorian. Lorian. May your bowls burn ever brighter. Welcome, welcome to another Token Tuesday. Hope everybody's having a great time today. It is March 30th, 2021. And you're in the bowl with us. I'm Sir Spencer, Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. And we're back with episode 73. That's right, 73. And can you believe that on this day, 33 years ago, Beetlejuice was released? It's hard to believe. 33 years ago. I knew there'd be a connection, a little 33 action going on today. How can you avoid it? The magic number's everywhere. It it does uh, pop up absolutely all over the place. Well, 73's to any hams that happen to be listening for episode 73. And uh, before we get uh, before we get all our stuff that we have to talk about tonight, let's do a little bit of business, get our business out of the way, and uh, thank our executive producer. That is going to be Fletcher. Fletcher, thank you. Fletcher's uh, monthly stonation of 420 came through, and uh, he's executive producer of this episode uh, 73 of Bowl After Bowl. So thank you, Fletcher. Um and of course, check out Hog Story Mondays and Thursdays at 7 p.m. Central. That's right. Uh, hogstory.net will get you there. And uh, I also want to thank Phone Boy because he tooted uh, a picture, a screen cap of his Breeze wallet. He's on the Breeze wallet now. And uh, he said that Bull After Bull was the first podcast that he followed on Breeze wallet. Awesome. Thank you, Phone Boy. So Breeze is just yet another way that you can plug into the podcasting 2.0 value system. So we are, as many people in the No Agenda Nation are familiar with, a value-for-value podcast. What that means is we bring you our show every Tuesday uh, for free. We stream it live. We upload the uh, slightly edited version, just edited for uh, really time. Um, We upload that to our RSS feed. We push it out. We broadcast across the Internet to you. you can download it from anywhere that you get podcasts. You can download it from our website and listen to it there. And all that we ask in return is if you get value out of that, if you find this show amusing, fun, uh, if you learn something, if you you know find value in any way, we ask that you would return that value to us in one of three ways, your time, your talent, or your treasure. And uh, there's a lot of ways to do that, making art for the show, sending in clips and ISOs, uh, leaving us a voicemail at 816-607-3663, which we'll get to in a minute. Uh, all of these things are ways that you could share your time and talent. Uh, and then the Big T Treasure also keeps us going, uh, helps us pay for hosting space, uh, helps us do all these cool things. And uh, that's another way to return value. So the traditional easy way to do that is a PayPal link, and we do have a PayPal link if you go to bullafterbull.com. You can find that at the bottom of every page. It's on the footer. Uh, but we also are trying to integrate 
this podcast 2.0 idea of cryptocurrencies as a uh, really great medium of value exchange. So there's a number of ways you can do that as well. There is a BTC pay server. If you just want to say it, send an on-chain Bitcoin transaction securely, you can do that through our BTC pay server on the donation page. Uh, there's also a basic attention token from Brave, and I wanted to talk about that a bit too. Uh, we've mentioned it before, but we probably should mention it more often. Uh, people do send us bat from time to time. If you use the Brave browser, you can enable what's called Brave Rewards, where they'll show you uh, these little passive ads, and uh, for viewing the ads every month, they pay you out uh, just a little fee in their cryptocurrency, Basic Attention Token, BAT. And uh, we are what's called a Brave Verified Creator. So if you go to our website via your Brave browser and you do use rewards and you've got some bat, you can send it to us as a tip or as a monthly contribution. So that's something interesting to set up if you're already using Brave Rewards and you don't know uh, what to do with all that bat, you can return us uh, some value. And that will be uh, sent straight into the bowl. Uh, you can also find us on the Sphinx chat app. Shout out to Sir Oma, Sir Omaha, as he is known. Um, I generated an invite link to him, so we're going to get him into Sphinx and get him chatting and streaming sats, streaming satoshis to us. You can also do that, as I mentioned, in the Breeze uh, wallet. So if you use Breeze and have Lightning in there, there's a podcast tab, and we are one of the podcasts that is currently value-enabled. So stream us some sats. If you're listening, slide those value sliders to the right. Uh, let us feel that love. You can boost us as well. All those different ways to send back value. And we thank everybody. Um, thank everybody who's on board. I also want to thank Metis for this lovely package I got in the mail. I'm about to open. He sent uh, something directly to the bowl. So another way to send value. I mean, there's just so many ways, you know. You can get creative with it. You can get clever with it, but uh, one thing's for sure, we'll always be appreciative of it. And uh, thank you on the show. And here, I have a mysterious uh, piece of yellow notebook paper. Oh, with a bronze Joe Biden coin. Look at that. Whoa. Build back better with the dusty <laughs> man himself right there. The Dusty Man. The Dusty Man. Look on the back. Uh, President Joe Biden, 2021, 46. It's almost too delicious to believe, my friend. <laughs> uh, he left a note. He says, hi, guys. Thanks for all you do, Metis. Well, thank you very much, Metis. Thanks, Metis. And I do want to say Metis one last time. It's like uh, you take the mead from mutton and mead, you put it. To, with us, like you and me, mead us, meet us. That's a little quick pronunciation guide. And uh, hopefully the boys at No Agenda will hear that or see a toot that I made about it or something. Something, something. Yes. Trying to stick up for me to get his name said right on the show. I think they said Medusa or Meduse. <laughs> yeah. It does kind of look like Medusa without the A. And so maybe that's why you'd say Medusa. But it's meet us. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that who hangs out. No agenda nation. Uh, Metis does uh, Fun Fact Fridays with his daughter, which plays on the No Agenda stream, so that's a great show. And uh, just part of our big old No Agenda family that just seems to keep on growing. I love it. 
Uh, speaking of the No Agenda family, I or got another Casey uh, No Agenda meetup in the works. Do you remember that donor from St. Joe a few weeks back? I think it was like two Thursday shows ago. Not by name. We well, said a uh, free shot of courage. That's right, a free shot of courage. And so I was like, well, <laughs> why don't we just get a big gang of us together and go up to St. Joe and take him up on that offer? Uh, so if you go to noagendameetups.com, you can RSVP for that. Um, it is live because I heard Adam uh, read it in the last show. And we're going to have to uh, make a meetup promo. promo, you and me. Uh, the bowlers mentioned in the chat that this Thursday is going to be April Fool's Day. So Ooh. I don't know if the boys have anything planned, but maybe that can inspire our uh, our meetup. You know, the uh, just the general uh, general theme. Maybe we can do a gag. I don't know. I haven't. I haven't sat down to really brainstorm uh, what's going on there. Let me read you the details. Uh, Casey Meetup Traveling Shot of Courage Edition at 3.33 p.m. Central Time. Um, Sir Bilo was the uh, donor's name, offering us a free shot of courage at Felix Street Pub in St. Joseph, Missouri. So that's where we're going to be meeting at uh, 3.33 on Saturday, April 17th. Please RSVP at noagendameetups.com. And there are a lot of meetups now that the weather's nice again and uh, things are kind of opening back up a bit, somewhat. Yesterday was especially nice. Oh, it was like tropical yesterday. It was in the yesterday. 70s. It was fantastic. Wearing tank tops hard and to, shorts. Hard to beat. <laughs> Pretty hard to beat. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, what's up with that uh, box you got in the mail today? Oh, man. Today's been a crazy day. I did get a box. I got... All the parts for my Raspy Blitz set up. So we're building a node. We're building a lightning node. Um, basically a Raspberry Pi computer that will run a lightning node and handle all of the micropayments that we just talked about. Uh, if you're streaming sats to us through uh, the Sphinx chat, or if you're streaming or boosting in the Breeze wallet, uh, we want to be able to route that through our own node here that we own. Right now we're routing through a node that's running a uh, voltage, uh, voltage.io. So, uh, that's been doing, that's been working really well for us. Uh, but we just want to take an extra step and own our own node. And, uh, that's what I'm working on. I'm building it out. I got it kind of assembled and now I'm trying to work on, uh, flashing the drive correctly so that, uh, I can get the raspy bit blitz to boot up and then I will have to download the blockchain to it after that. So that'll be fun. What kind of, uh, you know, one step at a time. This is yeah. all this is all new territory to me. So I've never actually built a computer from parts before. This is the first time. But uh I I like ripped the box open and everything and then it kind of occurred to me, oh, I probably wanna make a video of me doing all this stuff just in case like <laughs> it all turns out great. I can put a video together. Maybe to help other people. Um Paul also from Sphinx got in touch with me and we're in the process of talking about how I can jump in there and help more podcasters onboard and get their podcast into Sphinx. But if you shoot me a message, uh, Spencer at bowlafterbowl.com, I'm happy to help get you into Sphinx chat, get your podcast, uh, help you get your podcast set up in Sphinx, help you get a value block added to your RSS feed. I think that uh, out of everything, that's probably the most important step because once you get that value block into your RSS feed and then podcast index is serving your value block and serving a node where people can stream sats to you. 
then everything else just happens. Like when we saw that toot from phone boy that he followed us on breeze and was streaming sats on breeze. We didn't do anything with breeze. We didn't talk to breeze. I never downloaded breeze, nothing. Uh, it all just happened seamlessly because we had a value block. We got added into breeze wallet. You can find us there. It's just in the list when you scroll the list. So, uh, it's very cool. And the implications of that are pretty awesome. If you think about, um, how this thing is going to scale and as, as people adopt, you know, we're going to, be one of the early podcasts that was just in there from the beginning, which is super awesome. Um, we got some friends around and on the streams and, you know, even if you're not really sure about it or you have a lot of questions or you're like, I don't understand how this part works or this part works. I will be honest. I don't understand how everything works either. I understand a base level of it. I can use it. And, uh, in most instances, that's good enough. People, uh, as long as people can stream to you and you're receiving it, you're good. You're good to go. It doesn't really take a lot of extra knowledge, uh, but it will take some, and it's a, a bit of a learning curve. But, you know, now is the time to get plugged in and to get on this stuff. You d- uh, you definitely don't want to be dancing late at that party. And the Podfather keeps posting those graphics that show all these different nodes, I guess. Yeah, that's and right. it's just been growing and growing every time he... Uh, Reuploads the picture of it. It's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, I haven't checked it today. Oh, wow, it's a monster now. Yeah, if you check out uh, <laughs> gopodcasting.org, uh, new nodes are added all the time. So people are coming online, people are adding channels to each other, and you can see a big spider web of all of the known nodes. And that kind of uh, also gives you sort of an idea of how channels work. So every line that you see on the graph when you go to go uh, gopodcasting.org, Every line is a channel, and that's all of the nodes connected to one another. So when you route uh, payments through, um, if your node reaches any node um, attached to where you're sending it to, that's how the Lightning Network works. It shoots through all the different nodes, winds up where you want it to be. So yeah, this is f- uh, fantastic to look at. And there's bull after bull. I am still kind of curious as to how the colors are set or whatever. Uh, but we're the only purple node still, oh, right. which, purple. which really makes me smile. <laughs> I love being the only purple node on there. And, purple uh, and green. Yeah. That's our scene. That's right. Purple <laughs> and green. Very yeah. cool. Exciting times. Exciting times. Um, if you're interested in crypto stuff, uh, how to get set up, please shoot me a message. I'm happy to help you out. And uh, I think I'll be doing that regularly for Paul over at Sphinx too, getting people on board. And speaking of getting people on board, you were on the radio last night, impromptu radio appearance, talking. Yes, I was. About all of this. Um, It's beautiful. It's like you have my uh, notes memorized in order and you didn't even look at my notes. Yes. Uh, so I have a good buddy, Mike Hagen, who has a radio show called Radio Orbit that plays on KOPN in Columbia. And I always forget, it's like Monday nights, late at night. I was just down here. I was listening to me uh, to some Behind the Schemes. Uh, Booberry and Lavish were on, talking about all kinds of wonderful schemes, breaking them down. Uh, had a good long talk about the the, the infamous Satan shoes and um, other related shoes. Uh, did a deep dive on that, among uh, a lot of other things. And um, I was kind of playing around with crypto stuff and I texted Mike because Mike was one of the first guys I knew that was into crypto 
And I think we uh, talked to him on one of our earliest episodes, too. I think it was like episode three or four. Uh, we talked a little bit about crypto, and uh, I think he was really into Dogecoin mostly even back then, but um, a lot of different implications of what crypto meant uh, for the future. And all of that has held true for, you know, the last seven, eight years. And here we find ourselves at kind of a, a, a mad rush of adoption. We see that kind of every four years, Bitcoin hits the halvening cycle, and then the price goes way up and the hype goes way up and people get really into it. Um, but yeah, I just texted Mike. I was like, hey, you still into Dogecoin and crypto and all of this stuff? And I kind of told him uh, of my you know small peripheral role in the podcast 2.0 stuff and um, kind of as an evangelist and helping people get on board. And he was like, I'm on the air right now. You should call me. And then like <laughs> texted me the, the call-in number. And so I texted him or I called him up and talked for about good 30 40 minutes just about uh crypto and decentralization and free speech and all the things that uh the podcast index is really working towards so i uh, was able to get a shout out on uh community radio in columbia which was pretty cool andrew uh hit all the listeners in the mouth i did hit all the listeners in the <laughs> mouth uh the no agenda formula um because yeah i mean it, it's impossible to talk about podcasting 2.0 without talking about Adam Curry and No Agenda and, you know, the pod father himself, who not only started all of this for us with the, uh, along with Dave Weiner, uh, of coming up with podcasting in the first place, um, but now uh, he's with a new Dave, Dave Jones, and uh, making another evolution of the uh, medium he helped create. So that's so fun and so exciting just to even be sort of a community part of this open source project. If you want more information about the Podcast Index, you can go to podcastindex.org. And what it basically is, is a is an index of all known podcasts with an API. So developers can call on that API to build podcast apps and experiences, integrate those directly with Lightning Payments, uh, all of these great things. And the two main goals of podcast uh, podcasting 2.0. The first is to preserve podcasting as a platform for free speech. And uh, the second is to build a ecosystem of value for value that those that content can live through and uh, thrive on. So it's an exciting p thing to be a part of, for sure. And as for other exciting things to be a part of, you caught me swigging my water there. Uh, but yeah, sorry, <laughs> I was just going to let you, I, I figured, you know. You're double dipping in the podcast world now. Got another podcast. Oh, man. You found out about my side project, <laughs> huh? Didn't they tell you? Yes. I heard the whole thing. We are doing... Um, <laughs> it's It's got a working title of Cast Review, and uh, we took a take one last Saturday night, and uh, last I heard, I think we're going to be redoing our take one. We're going to redo our episode one. Um I like your little tagline for it, the rest of the podcasts in the universe. Yeah, that's kind of the concept, just a show to bring, you know, different clips of podcasts that we listen to. Maybe they're great, maybe they're not so great, uh, just to kind of review them and, and talk about them. And the, the main idea was sort of to give the community more exposure to, uh, so how we're going to start at least, and you know how podcasts go, the formula can change over time if we figure out this works or this doesn't work, we're 
going to adapt and uh, get better every time. But the main premise is uh, it's it's myself, Boobery, Sir Seat Sitter, and Gwiff the Cock. Um, and, you know, the, the ensemble can rotate in and out just depending on who's available when. But everyone is going to come and uh, bring clips from one No Agenda uh, Nation kind of universe podcast and then one outside of that. And then kind of, you know, there's a lot of ways to play with that. Maybe they have a theme that connects them. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really cool to be a part of it because the boys bring me podcasts that I haven't heard of that aren't on my radar. So now I get to get exposed to even more stuff. Because uh, for me, if, I, if I'm not just listening and it co- doesn't come on like right after No Agenda on the No Agenda stream, uh, sometimes I just don't hear it and never find out about it. And I, I know that if I'm not finding out about it, there's a lot of listeners who also aren't. So uh, why, not, why not bring attention to some other cool podcasts around there in No Agenda Nation? Yeah, I love it. I love that idea. So that'll, that'll, be, uh, that'll be something to look forward to. You guys have a set date or... Like Sundays or Saturdays? I think or? we're going to start going with every other Sunday. Um, just kind of the afternoons after no agenda. Or, cool. well, evenings, probably. Uh, if we time it maybe around like 5 or 6, then that'll make it reasonable for Gwiff to get on. All the way over in the UK as well. Across the pond. Over in Kent. So, yeah. Um, we kind of like the name Nancy Pelosi's Freezer. <laughs> Boobs uh, pointed that out. Uh, boobs has been the name man. All I came up with is that like tagline, the rest of the podcast in the universe, but I just have been total writer's block on a name for it. Uh, but I really like a lot of the stuff that, uh, Boobery has come up with. Boobs. We love boobs. We do love boobs. There's no doubt about that. So we got to see the midwife today. Yes, we did. Taking a hard turn on topics here. And this baby is just so comfortable. She described it like he's laying in a hammock, just right up against my side, sideways, head where my ribs are, feet where his head should be. John, <laughs> thank you. Great job. Yeah, seriously, little John. But uh, the craziest thing was that, um, well, we talked about it, and I'm not stressed out yet or anything. Um, you know, baby moves around a lot, and until 36 weeks... They just keep moving and moving and moving. But did you see our midwife's eyes light up when she was like, oh, do you want to try some Pulsatilla? Yeah. She, and then she goes into her little like herb bag. I was like, what? Excuse me? What do you say? <laughs> we were listening to the baby's heartbeat on the Doppler and she's just like, yeah, this herb it, like flips breech babies. So it might just flip them right here. I was like, okay. Eat this to flip your and baby. And so then she's just like, open up. And I'm like, well, okay, well, do I do I chew it? Do I swallow it? She's like, no, just just hold this under your tongue and uh, suck on it. And I did. And he started, he moved a lot uh, when she gave me that. So when I got home, I looked up this pulsatilla. I made her say it like three times because I was like, there's no way I'm going to remember this. This is Windflower, which... Reminded me so much of a character from the first PlayStation game I ever played, Windleaf of Shadow Madness. And if you've ever played Shadow Madness, oh, you got to get in touch with me. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it's a it's used, besides for flipping breech babies, it's used for tension headaches, hyperactivity, insomnia, boils, asthma, earache, migraines, 
nerve pain, gastrointestinal disorders, and urinary tract disorders. Hmm. I was like, wow, that's a very versatile uh, flower there. No doubt. And it tasted delicious. And I felt so good afterward. Yeah? Yeah. Like, I was feeling fine today, but I felt really good. That's cool. Sort of like a just smoked a bowl good. Whoa. <laughs> I was like, wow. Wow. I am really high. So I'm going to have to look into that stuff. It was neat. Windflower. Windflower. That's cool. Pulsatilla. Yeah. And it's it's rare for me to take any sort of supplement and feel a reaction to it, really. Yeah. But that one was noticeable, a noticeable effect for me. It's usually just like Flintstone vitamin, like, okay, I ate it. I took it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and let's see. Baby is now in the middle of my stomach and not laying against the side. So he did move. Hmm. Uh, and we see the chiropractors again tomorrow. Yep. We have been seeing a husband and wife chiropractor team for about a month now, and it's been awesome. Yeah, those guys are the sweetest people. They they got Spence so good the last time, though. Uh, cracked him so good. You were laughing so hard I thought you were going to cry. Oh, or maybe I, you were about to cry and you tried to laugh instead. I even said, like, <laughs> oh, shit. People like turned their heads. Like, Everyone was looking at you. Yeah. The oh, assistant man. was like, oh, they got you good. <laughs> he nailed me, man. It felt great, though. Uh, it's funny because we do Mondays, Wednesdays. And so Monday and then Wednesday, it's like adjustment and then great adjustment. And then between Wednesday and Monday, I start to kind of migrate back. And by the time Sunday rolls around Sunday evening, I'm usually starting to like get repinched. So it's uh, it's kind of wild. I was like, Doc, what uh, kind of exercises can I do to maintain and strengthen my back muscles? Because another thing is, as I'm getting back into alignment, there are muscles that are regaining range of motion and the ability to hold stuff that they haven't had for, I mean, years. Yeah. Because um, I've been out of whack for a long time. And um, he said, if you, we want to, they call it opening up, but just bringing your arms back and like trying to touch your shoulders back behind your back, kind of flexing like that and then relaxing. So been doing a lot of that. Yeah. <laughs> try to, uh, to kind of flex it out of there. Yeah, he told me I should do that, too. Everyone yeah. should do it, I guess. He's at beginning of the workday, middle of the workday, end of the workday. Yeah, I oh, mean, there's just there's a reason why people like wake up and just stretch. It's just like your natural thing to do. You need to stretch, yawn, touch your toes. Yeah. All that good stuff. And yesterday's appointment was the first time that our two-year-old got up on the table. Yeah, she was ready. She she went at it. She was having a great day. You um, Every time we've been before, they they'll adjust our kids um for as a courtesy yeah um and which is so cool <laughs> and every time before our two-year-old just clings to me and uh the chiropractor will come up and be like do you mind if i adjust you and she goes Mm-mm. every time and she just doesn't make eye contact and just clings to me but yesterday she was giving high fives and she ran up and got on the table i was like yeah girl get it yeah she was fully engaged man yeah our three-year-old's always like that she's a people person yeah and uh has no sense of stranger danger but the two-year-old's a little bit more skeptical so hopefully tomorrow she'll be in that good of a mood again yeah because <laughs> their assistant was like we broke her poker face finally <laughs> <laughs> yeah they've been trying for a while Mm-hmm. yeah uh so th- we had a night off 
of the children this weekend. Yep. And we decided to clean the garage. Oh, Lord. <laughs> I kind of almost forgot about this because there were so many things that happened this week. Yes. And, uh, yeah, that was definitely one of them, wasn't it? This is, I think you're traumatized by it. I think uh, it'll be a trauma scar point for the rest of your life. I wouldn't say trauma. It wasn't like... I think it's a certain level of trauma. I'm traumatized and I only watched it. Well, fair enough. I, I won't <laughs> say that I've like felt great inside. <laughs> but... Uh... Okay, you guys. So we've been working on our garage, cleaning it out. Uh, we started like a month ago and made pretty good progress. Um, our garage doors come down and leave about half an inch of space, which, you know, is big enough for small rodents like mice to come in through. Yes. So we're just constantly trying to get mice out of our garage, which is disgusting. Uh, and you know, it got way worse when, I guess the problem starts in the winter when they're looking for a warm place. Yep. Um, and yeah, and then it's just like. Oh, we got rid of them all. Oh, maybe we didn't. You just find one here or there. Catch one here or there. We have traps set up all over the place. And so anyway, Spence is cleaning. And there was a pile of duffel bags that I was getting ready to wash. And they had just they'd been sitting there since the last time we cleaned. So about three weeks. Yep. You know, and they're now to priority cleaning. Uh, thing so they were just sitting there in a pile and Spence walks over towards that pile and is like man it smells real bad over here it was it was like uh you could just taste it in the air that uh there was something bad going down and so I picked up the stacks of bags and drug them out to the driveway and then I got to the bottom bag and it was like chewed all the hell and I was like oh great and there were like little shreds of paper falling out of it. So I took it out to the driveway. I turned it upside down. All of this shredded toilet paper and shredded uh, the copies of the Constitution and Declaration of Independence that your grandparents sent us uh, ways back. Uh, they ate all of that and made it into a nest. And the whole nest plopped out on the driveway. And there's just like uh, like a dozen little mice just like land on the ground and are looking up at me. And I just, like, had to go. I, like, leapt into action. I went full berserker, like, stomped on all the ones that uh, made a move for it, which was, like, maybe <laughs> five or six of them. Like, and they didn't all run at once. They were, like, this one ran, this one ran. Oh, and it was so fast. I was, like, wham, 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 wham. And then I came back for all the rest, which most of them just froze right where they landed and, like, didn't move. So I killed all of them. <laughs> um, I was taking a breather on the stairs and, oh, man. I was just laughing that whole time. And then I got the <laughs> so dustpan and swept, you know, broomed them into the dustpan and counted them up. There was 11, and I threw them in the garbage. And then um, Lorian got a call from her grandma. No, I was on the phone that she whole time, like, so I was narrating what was happening yeah, she, to my grandma. <laughs> she was on the phone. So I go. It was like I had to laugh so I didn't cry. You know, it was just it was pretty scary, and I was right. glad I didn't flip that bag over. Um. So I walk back out to the driveway, and then I see one. Uh, it was just kind of, like, chilling, still frozen, like, kind of off to the side where I hadn't seen him. So I had to step on that one. And then I saw another one that I just missed scooping. So I got those little dudes. And then I was kind of, like, just smoking a cigarette, trying to regain my composure. And then the biggest one, uh, the mama, I think, pretty sure, comes 
running across on the outside of the garage and then runs back into the garage. So I chased her because we had the car pulled out and, you know, all the stuff was pulled out. So she didn't have like the cover that she was used to. And she tried to go for a couple of different holes and like scrambled toward them. And I don't know if she just couldn't fit in them or if she gave up because she was in panic, but she didn't run into the hole. She like tried for it and couldn't get through, tried for another hole, couldn't get through. And I finally got her. She was way faster than all the rest of them. And then there was one last one. Uh, I just saw a tail like peeking out from the box. And Lorian constantly sees mouse tails that aren't mouse tails. Like if there's a leaf stem that happens to blow into the house, she'll be like, is that a mouse? Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And so I looked at this mouse tail and I was like, don't be a Lorian. It's not nothing. It's just some string or something. And then it moved and I was like, shit. (laughs) And so that one was like, under this box I had moved out there. So I just picked the box up and then set it down like a half inch east of where it was. Took care of that last one. Ended up being 14 adolescent mice plus the mama. Woof. Which is a hell of a haul for just one garage clean. Yeah, and if you are a regular Bull After Bull listener, you've been hearing Sir Spencer complain about mice in the house (laughs) for the past few weeks. (laughs) No doubt. So, but you know... Female mice uh, start breeding at six weeks weeks old, and I guess they can have like fifty babies a year, like six to ten every uh, nineteen to twenty one days. Yeah, every three weeks there's another. That's like a gestation period, so they can just keep cranking out pups over and over again. Yeah. Well, I've... that one can't crank out anymore. No, no, and and you got rid of those shoes <laughs> that you were wearing. Yeah, it that was, was time my... for those shoes to go. That's anyway. my best. Uh... <laughs> That's what a poor guy calls his best black dress shoes, uh, which were at least five or six years old. They really were past their expiration anyway. The bottoms were starting to crack, but I still had my realtor costume on <laughs> when I came home because I had just uh, I'd just done a showing and I didn't change. And then I started cleaning the garage and I got like my dress pants dusty <laughs> and I was like, I probably just should have changed, huh? Like, I jokingly said that to Lorian, but I was like, nah, I'm already in the zone. Once you get, once you're me <laughs> and you get in the zone on a project, you know that you can't step away because you'll lose that zone, man. You, you'll lose your mojo. You'll lose your train. And I was like, dude, I'm actually cleaning and accomplishing something. Like, dress shoes and dress pants be damned. Let's just keep going. And then, of course, all hell broke loose with the mouse thing. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't expecting that. Uh, Yeah. Definitely not expecting it. <laughs> but, you know, I was ready. Expecting, no, but prepared, yes. Yeah. And I just leapt into action. I mean, that's what you got to do. You got no choice. And you, then it, who shows up after it's all said and done oh. but our neighborhood black cat <laughs> just peeking yeah. out at you from behind the car like, oh, hey, it smells pretty good over here. Yeah, that dumb bastard walked up after... <laughs> Right after 15 mice killed. I'm like, dude, you're not getting any of these. You did no work. Get the fuck out of here. Seriously. And he did. He got the fuck out of there. Uh, did you see the mouse plague of Australia? I did. Eastern Australia. I read that they have mice outbreaks happen like every 10 years or so in South Australia. Um, but I guess the reproduction of them erupts after a period of wet weather which leads to, like, really bountiful harvests, and then the mice just show up and eat all the crops. So they're hoping for the rain to drown them out. 
I was like, man, I'm hoping for the arena tournament for your sake too. No doubt. I've been seeing those videos and it's like, they're just covering the ground. You can't step anywhere without stepping on mice. Ugh. And yeah, that uh, was, that was Klaatu that tooted and alerted me to it first. Ugh. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but K-L-A-A-T-U on No Agenda Social. There was um, a documentary series uh, from about eight years ago called Swarm. And I watched an episode about the mice plagues of Australia on that. And yeah, this lady, like, they were following this one farmer and she was worried about her pigs. So she went out to her hog house and opened the door and it was just like a flood of mice. Like, they just kept pouring out and pouring out, and she was waiting and waiting. And she's like, oh, they're getting in my boots. And I was like, ah! Because <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can't even imagine that level. No, and then finally, me squirming so hard. Finally, she had to just go in, because Spence, they did not stop pouring out. It was just like a flood of mice. Those videos were all, for me, like total nightmare fuel, dude. Like, yeah. they're all scattering everywhere. Like, the most I've seen... Besides this nest freakout, which was absurd, it was intense. It was like not something I want to deal with. Um, besides that, I most I've seen is like two at once, and they just like run together. But they do that oh that that run where like you catch them out of the corner of your eye and you just swear it's a shadow and then it's a mouse. Oh man, I'd have been out there with a flamethrower, dude. No, forget that, dude. Oh, I know. That one guy was like. The smell is what, like, messes them up, you know? Oh, yeah. And you got to imagine with that many mice around, there's going to be a lot of ones that die. You know, they don't live long even if you don't, if, even if you're not around killing them. So, oh, my God, there's, like, that distinct smell when you know a mouse is around. Oh, and yeah. And you got to find it because it died somewhere. When you're, oh, yeah, that's a real bad smell. No bueno, my man. <laughs> but no you, bueno. Even the nest smell, when you're like, hmm, it smells over here. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I know that smell. No. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I was reading one of the articles in the Guardian, um, on the Australian mass plague, they said, instead of using, talking about the weather as an icebreaker now, <laughs> residents are like, so how many mice did you catch last <laughs> night? <laughs> and, uh, this one, um, woman set her like six year old son out to be like the chief mouser <laughs> oh, Okay. and his record's like 187. But some of the farmers were saying they catch like 500 to 600 a night. Oh, jeez. <sighs> so the government hasn't sent them any money or anything. Uh, they've <laughs> sent messages saying traps are readily available at the store. But wouldn't you know they're all sold out? <laughs> oh, that sounds right. Yeah. And um, everybody's trying to kill them. Yeah. Some of the New South Wales farmers asked for an emergency permit to use the pesticide zinc phosphide. And one has been granted to Cotton Australia, and the government is currently assessing two more. Hmm. But they said these plagues typically end with a population crash. Yeah, if in a lot of different animals that'll happen if it's like, uh, you know, for some reason, like it was saying the the springtime crops and, and the rains come after a dry spell. If something like sparks the population to explode, then... On the other side of that, there will be a crash. Cycle of nature. But yeah, like during the explosion, like who can deal with that? No, it is nightmare fuel. Total nightmare fuel, dude. I was like, don't don't show me this. Yeah. This is not what I need. No, not at all. Uh, 
Booberry turned me on to a story for my top 333. Oh. NYPD says there have been 33 hate crimes with an Asian victim so far this year. So they had they had to wait till they hit 33 and then run the story, huh? <laughs> yeah, that wasn't the headline. It was just in the story. I couldn't find it as a headline, but I was like, well, of course, there's 33, the and staff. now we they write were, about it. They were ready. They were ready with that statistic. Yes, that 33rd victim is going to get the article. But man, yeah, New York, and then the random attacks, I don't like that crap. No doubt. And I'm not saying it happens only to Asians either, but one of the, um, he sent me a YouTube video, and yeah, one of the latest attacks was just terrible. Like, this guy was just stomping on this woman's head, and people are just standing there watching. I'm like, how do you just stand there and watch? Go punch that guy in the head. And, like, a sec- it's from inside of these condos, I think. And the security goes and, like, shuts the door. Oh, my God. Well, I'm like, are you kidding me? Some security. Yeah, no kidding. So, yeah, I don't care what race you are, how old you are, or whatever. But you don't let that sh- kind of shit happen in no. front of you. Don't let people bully other people. At least scream and call 911 and you oh, know, yeah. interrupt somehow. You At know? the very least. Then. Pull out your 40 and squeeze a couple off. This was a headline. A 33 year old video of young Barack Obama gifting grandmother a dress goes viral. But, you know, if I wasn't on the 33 magic, I wouldn't have even seen it. Yeah, I, <laughs> so, never, I never heard of that one. I think viral is kind of an exaggeration here. Um, he was 27. It was 1988. And he was giving a dress to his grandmother, Sarah Ogwell Onyango Obama, uh, in her village of Olego in Nyanza province of Kenya. And mm. I do apologize. I've probably butchered all of those names. <laughs> um, but she, a mouthful. Yeah, she just died this weekend, I believe, at the age of 99 um, and was buried today. That's 333s. So. Ooh, that is 333s. Uh, apparently, she was not his father's biological mother, but raised Obama's father as her own. Hmm. So they were close, and uh, Barry wrote a eulogy on his face bag with pictures of him and her when he was visiting the village and whatnot. As a young man. <laughs> Beautiful. Beautiful. It's good shit. And my, my third top 333 story tonight on Token Tuesday is a San Diego man, 33, choked to death on a face mask in oh. jail after being arrested for drugs. Mysterious. Widow claims cops tried to cover it up. Hmm. Fuck face masks. <laughs> no doubt but oh that's not that's no way to go bro no so it all started off the problem all started when his wife called 911 on the morning of january 6th because he was acting strangely and wouldn't let her take him to the hospital call 911 no thank you <laughs> that's usually the beginning of a big problem that's, that's how you solve a, a mental breakdowns right oh, oh. um so they came out they arrested him on suspicion of being under the influence of meth, um, brought him to the jail, which really I'm like, why is, Why are they putting him in jail? This is just it all seems like it should just be like a, a fine or something. I don't know. Or just, hey, dude, let's take you to the hospital, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, find out he dies. Uh, the widow says... The police sealed the case within hours and refused to tell her what happened. Oh, I hate it when His that... death was ruled an accident. 
The medical examiner ruled that he died from accidental asphyxiation with acute methamphetamine intoxication as a contributing factor. Um, And there was some rumor from the police officers that he had swallowed a bag of meth and might have choked on it. But what was found in his stomach wasn't a bag of meth. It was a face mask. Hmm. You think he was like high enough to put like the meth in the face mask and then try to swallow it? Or you think it was like somebody jammed it down his throat? Well, I could only see this going down with somebody jamming it down his throat. But even that is very strange to me. You'd have to be pretty (laughs) desperate. Or, to put it in a mask and then swallow it, I would imagine. Or, like, I mean, if this guy was really tripping, maybe he just, like, shoved the face mask in his mouth and then ended up, like, somehow accidentally swallowing it and stuff. But I, that, that Seems makes even less doesn't sense. It? it seems far-fetched. Yeah. This all just brings me back to Alien when that uh, robot guy is trying to shove that magazine down Ripley's throat. Oh, and you're God, like, that doesn't the, even make sense, bro. It's like not going to work. the goofiest scene of all time. Yeah. Well, this guy choked on a face mask. Yep. Welcome to the goofiest scene of all time. Yeah, clown now, world confirmed. And bro. you know they have they have security cameras in all these rooms, and uh, and so they they make a claim about the the video, like oh he suddenly dropped and was having like a seizure, kind of looked like, and it's like okay, well where does the mask come in? Had he swallowed the mask before he was taken to jail? Like where did it come from? So yeah, you gotta I, wonder. You gotta wonder. And I don't think that, um, you know, the answers would be probably favorable to law enforcement, which is why we're not ever going to get a real answer on what happened. I don't know. It's a very, that's a scary story. Most likely, at best, they weren't paying attention and somebody else did it to them. At worst, one of them did it to them. Yeah. That That would just be the Occam's razor of the situation, right? Yeah. That's crazy either way. Yeah. I didn't know face masks were that dangerous. No doubt. And for the for him to be the magic number 33 years old. <laughs> Just a cherry on top, isn't it? Uh, yeah. So last week we talked about a story with the homeless encampment in Westport. That's right. Now, the teaser that that reporter put out that the city was working on something to be released in the coming weeks. Oh, yeah. They were all rubbing their hands together like, we gotta, we're going to have a big drop for you. <laughs> yeah. Breaking news. There will be breaking news. Yes. Well, I don't know if this is it or not, but the Kansas City Land Bank has decided to sell its vacant, the vacant homes that it possesses yeah. for a dollar to nonprofits and faith-based organizations huh. who uh, can submit proposals to rehab the properties and then offer them to families or individuals who are unhoused or at risk of becoming homeless. Interesting. Now, I wrote the word unhoused in my notes because I've been seeing it in this in the past two weeks reading these articles, mm-hmm. and I don't remember ever seeing the word unhoused before. Mm. I had heard homeless uh, through Adam Curry's Austin Tales. I have heard experiencing homelessness. Right. But now I see this term unhoused. Unhoused, yeah. It makes me think of like you being like violently removed from your house if you were unhoused. Like your house was taken from you. Uh, maybe the logic is like, uh, you know, home is where the heart is. And we don't want to imply that they don't have a heart. So they're not homeless. They're just unhoused. <laughs> Did I get it? 
Is that? <laughs> I don't know. Is that what we're doing? You know, that's a better guess than I have. It's just like uh, you got to wake up in the morning and refresh your dictionary of words you're allowed to but say. What, but what about people who live in apartments? Like, would they be unapartmented? Mm, that's housing. No, it's a house. Yeah. It's, it's a housing. It's housing. Okay. Yeah. You're right. I'm just, t- I'm thinking too much on it. Because you can't be unhousinged. So you have to just be unhoused. Yeah. My notes literally say, unhoused. What is this word? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So city manager Brian Platt says there's 1,500 homeless in KC. He didn't get the memo that they were experiencing homelessness Mm. and not homeless. Um, But anyways, he says that Kansas City needs 15,000 new affordable housing units. And you know, I saw those two words come up, affordable housing. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh boy, here we it's go. always some kind of boondoggle. Affordable housing usually means unaffordable housing coming soon to a city near you. It either means that or it means like slums. Well, that's, yeah. Okay. It can create, you know, a ripple effect. Yeah. You start the, I know, and these houses that the land bank is sitting on, one of them they showed... Uh, well, it was on, it was in like the Bellefontaine neighborhood mm-hmm. for those familiar with Kansas City. And for us, when we were shopping for a home, that's where we first went because it's like, wow, the houses here are like $35,000. <laughs> I could work with that. And then um, one they showed, there was a tree growing through the house. The floor was collapsed. There's vines everywhere. Yeah. I mean, this is not a small project. No doubt. This, yeah. Like a, a lot of these are total teardowns. <laughs> Yes, that's what I'm saying. Like for a dollar, they'd be better off just bulldozing it and actually building something new. Well, maybe that'll be, be part of the proposal. Hope I, we'll see. We'll see. There is an informational meeting this Thursday at six p.m. to discuss this. Interesting. But I was just thinking, what nonprofit? Like, yeah, sure, the dollar to get the property. Okay, I get that. But like, is there enough support and funds for these nonprofits to fully, you know? Rehab a Fix these houses? I don't know. I guess that remains to be seen. It sure does. Sure does. Then I, um, this article popped up on my algorithm, of course, being a pregnant woman, I think, that said, uh, women feel like they don't have a choice but to free birth their babies. Hmm. (laughs) Here's a quote. Women feel they have no option but to give birth alone. And immediately I was like, oh, they're talking about going to the hospital because they don't let partners come in right but the whole story was actually about free birthing in the united kingdom and And so what are they defining free birth as a free birth is a birth without medical assistance through choice rather than circumstance that's their definition so a natural birth a natural birth but through choice rather than circumstance so you're choosing to not just like accidentally having a baby like a pre-planned and the without medical assistance it's beyond natural because it means you have no no midwife or oh, I no see. one you attending. Just, you just go squat it out yourself. Yeah. It's just a woman giving birth by herself. A free birth. Okay. Okay. Which I'm, like I'm on the page now. Yeah. I kinda I'm like, all right, free birth is a you know, not to use the word empowering, yeah, but you're free. like <laughs> free birthing. Yeah. So last March when this scamdemic all started, the United Kingdom withdrew their home birth services. And then, of course, hospitals banned birth partners from coming to the scans and the checkups and even the birth itself. Ugh. 
So they showed some data that said 2% of women in England and Wales have home births. 2%. Wow. But over the pandemic year, in this year, 20% are considering free birthing it. That's just kind of jumping over the whole home birth step. Though, and so huh? at this point in the article, I'm still like, well, yeah, we're, whoa, wouldn't you just get a midwife? Well, since midwives are independent and not employed through NHS, right? Uh, they have to have this insurance to protect them and allow them to legally assist in childbirth. Uh-huh. Apparently, the midwife insurance in the UK was provided through a US company. Well, we do insurance, that's for sure. And that company withdrew it in June. Ah. So all the midwives in the UK were out of work when this happened. There was 150 registered midwives who had supported 2,500 women. Just gone. Not an option. That's like a lot to be wiped out, but also that's there's like nobody doing it, huh? But remember, they said 2% of women have home births. Right. So like... That's not a huge demand. Yeah, that's know? that's hard to wrap your head around. Yeah. Well, anyway, business started booming for doulas when this happened. Sure. Because they, then it's they like step well, in to fill the void. I want someone there. I don't want to be alone. But a doula, as you know from my talking about becoming a postpartum doula, we're not medical right. at all. Yeah. <laughs> like I I could get in trouble just for giving medical advice. Doulas have to just refer you to other medical physicians. Like, sure. You know, they have to be like, I think you should talk to this person. It's like <laughs> being a real estate agent when, when legal questions come up and you say, well, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah, exactly I like that. I can help you through the transaction, but I'm not a lawyer. You should seek a real estate uh, lawyer. Precisely. Yeah. Well, to add to all of the problems, parents who are choosing free birth and end up in a hospital... Um, you know, for whatever reasons. There was one example here of a woman who just was losing a lot of blood after the birth and didn't, the placenta never came out. So she went to the hospital. They become, they get reprimanded for doing the free birth and then they get called or they call uh, child services on them. Ah. You know? And free birthing isn't illegal. (laughs) How you have your baby, you know? It's not like, oh, you can't um, free birth. If you fart in the wrong direction in the UK, though, it's illegal. Like, they can just decide things are illegal. I know things are different over across the pond than they are over here, but come on. The one woman in the story just free birthed her eighth child. The one who ended up um, wow. having to go get surgery for the retained placenta. And she said she specifically knew she wanted to do a home birth because... During her seventh pregnancy, she had a sudden lung collapse. Oh, damn. And ended up in the hospital and I believe got a C-section. But she just didn't want to go to the hospital for fear of risk of COVID with the lung, you know, deficiency. Uh, But, of course, she ended up there anyway. And she said that the doctor came with a herd of students and they just reprimanded her while she's trying to recover from the surgery. Just about how dangerous free birthing is and stuff. And then she found out that two people had called social services on her. So Thanks for the help. Yeah. Social services or you know, the and these child people, welfare. Like these people think that like that's gonna make you more likely to go to a hospital for help. Like 
Or with the face mask guy, more likely for you to call 911, you know? It's like... (sighs) No, uh, it's best if you can take care of it yourself to take care of it yourself. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I I would say the midwife is an important uh, ingredient in the whole process. That just made me so sad. Because, you know, these women could be arrested if they're performing their midwife duties without that insurance. Like, that's crazy. Boggles the mind. It really does. And so you put these pregnant women in a more dangerous situation by removing the midwives out of the equation. And boy, am I thankful that's not going on here and that I have a midwife. Yeah, absolutely. Not afraid of free birthing, but... You know, yeah, it's, it's just nice to have someone who can tell you like what's going on. And like if for my example, like if John is stays breech. Right. You know, we talked about it today. She's like, you're actually she's like, you're a great candidate for a breech home birth because you've had two totally fine, you know, healthy, happy births. And she's like, and I am specifically trained to deliver breech babies. She's like, I know exactly how to maneuver you and get them out. Whatever. <laughs> And then the chiropractors will come and fix his neck. <laughs> Gonna wiggle him out weird. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, just crazy. Yeah, oh yeah. I I trust her doing and, it for sure. And and uh one of the characters in this free birthing article, which will be in the show notes, um, it was it was kind of funny in a sick way. But she had moved from New Jersey to England specifically for NHS. Like socialized, oh my uh, god, healthcare. You know, imagine. <laughs> you gotta wonder. Like, and then it why betrayed her. People from all over the world fly here to get uh, medical care, hmm. even though in many cases they can. And I'm doing the finger quotes here. Get it for free in their own countries. Yeah, because uh, free sucks. Free sucks, and that's a big part of the value for value model too. By the way, uh, absolutely. It's free, but you don't want to be a mooch. That's what we're calling douchebags. Did I did I have that meeting with you? No, but our, we can have it right now. Mooches. Our, du- our douchebags are mooches. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a mooch. Don't be a mooch. I gotta I, I gotta make some clips and stuff. But uh, you know, you did send me some cool clips uh, that we heard in the in the uh, the last Bob's be- uh, Burgers that we watched. No, you can't get no. stoned in the middle of the day. Oh, that full version is even funnier. No, we can't get no. stoned in the middle of the day. We're old. We have kids. <laughs> Hits you right in the uh, right in the feels. Right in the feels. Listen, we may be a little high. <laughs> Don't tell them we're high. Got a good selection here. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, you get you gave me some good ones. And then, do you have the accountant? Uh. Don't tell them we're high. Listen, we may be a little high. I mean, late. <laughs> uh. Don't know what it is. No, that's the other thing. It's all right. He totally knew I was stoned. The synopsis of this episode was that Bob and Linda, his wife, go to their oh, I see what you're tax asking guy. For. The very first one. Yes. Uh, it turns out the cookies I gave you have marijuana in them. A lot of it. <laughs> that yeah. reminds me of a campfire with Fletcher. Once upon a time. Yes. But unlike this situation, I passed them out and gave one to each person. Whereas the accountant guy in this episode has a plate of cookies on his desk. And he's like, on the phone, he's like, uh-huh, uh-huh, I see, before he says that. And he's like, how many cookies did you eat? Bob's like, I had one or whatever. And Linda's like, I had three. Yeah. <laughs> they can sneak up on you, man. Oh, they sure do. They yeah, this sure is kind do. of a behind-the-curtain talk, if you ask me. 
Okay, we can head back there. I'll tell you on the way about the Magic 33s popping up with the Koof stories. So, you know there's 33 deaths related to COVID all, all the time. Yeah. And those get news stories, of course. So Pennsylvania, Illinois, they both reported 33 deaths this week. Then Wyoming came in. And this was a weird one because Wyoming had reported their case number, but then this story came out, oh, Wyoming reports an additional 33 COVID cases on Tuesday. It was today. So 33 and then another 33? No. I don't know what the original number was. Oh, they just I just saw this story that's like, oh, there's an additional 33 on like, top of whatever it was before. They report their number and the guys are like, you sure you don't, uh, you sure you don't want to add a little more? Yeah. I uh, just yeah, like, 30, put 33 more. We found 33 over here. Then a 33 migrant girl staying at San Diego Convention Center test positive for COVID. That was a headline. Hmm. I saw um, a story about eight children in Alaska that experienced a rare and serious inflammatory syndrome called multi-system inflammatory syndrome or MIS-C. Hmm. Miss. Miscellaneous. Miscellaneous. <laughs> But it's not funny. I mean, that's really sad if kids are getting sick and fucked up. No doubt. But anyways, it leads to inflamed organs, including the heart, lungs, kidneys, and brain. So not funny at all. Just, you know, miscellaneous, whatever. And then I was like, the magic number's got to be in here, right? Well, there were 2,617 cases nationwide and 33 deaths from miss. What? Yeah. Unbelievable. And then we have two stories of 33-year-old survivors. One was on the ECMO ventilator thingy, my bobber, for six months and survived a double lung transplant. Whoa. Yeah. And then the other guy, <laughs> he spent three months in the hospital and lost his leg due to COVID. What? Okay, it says, all it says is it was amputated from the hip down due to complications. And complications is in quotes. This whole thing is very, very spooky. And so, and he was also on a ventilator for a while. He also... Uh, That's why his body fell apart. Went through dialysis. He had heart failure. He flatlined twice, I believe. God, what a ride. Um, and I should I should have clipped him because despite it all, he's laughing about the situation and he's just like i'll just hop around on one leg and hey those were old legs i'm an old man i got a fresh new leg wow <laughs> i was like wow buddy and can't, can't keep that guy down i guess huh? no no so yeah you know magic number popping up in the covid 1984 stories what a champ shout out to boobs for the covid 1984 term but uh in other news in the bowl news Oh, yeah. Lay it on me. New York may finally be seeing recreational weed. Oh, man. There's part of me that's like, how did it take this long? It's about damn time. Um, lawmakers have reportedly finalized an agreement with Governor Cuomo to legalize. So it's like, trust us, bro, kind of thing? <laughs> yes. Yes. I think they're voting on it this week. Um, we'll yes. We'll be watching that closely. Definitely. I've been waiting. I haven't really been talking about it because it's just been a lot of back and forth and negotiating on the bill and, you know, that can get kind of dull. But here we are. <laughs> it's coming to a head, folks. If this passes, retail sales could begin as early as 2022. Things that this agreement 
bill allows is six plants in a home grow, six plants per household, though. That's not like per person per household. Huh. Uh, delivery services, consumption lounges, as long as no alcohol is th- served. It's fine. We'll take what we can get, right? Right. It's, uh, uh, it's, it's what uh, we like to call. It's a step in the right direction after all. After all, it's a step in the right direction. It's a step in the right direction after all. They'll have a five-member cannabis control board to oversee and regulate the industry. They will eliminate penalties for possession up to three ounces. Oh, three ounces. Ooh, yeah. There's, there's a baby step in the right direction <laughs> right there. They will auto-expunge prior cannabis convictions. That's cool, but I just the automatic thing makes me worry. I'm like, how? And like, where's the paperwork in case you'd miss someone, you know? But anyway. They'll have a 13% excise tax on it. Uh, that's something they agreed Seems on. Hefty. Yes, but, you know, it's it New is, York. It is New York. No New doubt. York, New York. Um, 50% of licenses to be issued to equity applicants, not yet defined, the equity applicants part. Um, and they continue on and say they want to create equity programs that include business loans, grants, and startup incubators. I just love that term, startup incubator. Mm. Like, first there were think tanks, now there's startup incubators. I don't know. Anyway. Sounds fun. uh, They want to reinvest the tax revenue into communities most harmed by the drug war. And this appears to have been the biggest compromise because Cuomo has previously insisted that his office control the tax revenue. But I guess, you know, when you're in some political strife, maybe not in a favorable light of the yeah. public. That you might son be of a bitch to... has enough problems without trying to steal the weed tax money. <laughs> yeah. You just give up <laughs> and say, all right, fine. Yeah, maybe take a knee on that one, bud. <laughs> yeah. You're still getting the 13% excise tax, which is ridiculous. So that's that's my New York update for now we will keep an eye on it and report back as yeah that's that's exciting to see i'm also interested to see that home grow six plants per household is that just like six plants at any stage or is that because here here and in most places with the sane homegrown laws uh they define six plants per stage of the life cycle so you can have six clones six in a veg and six flowering and that way you can keep your cycle going um Otherwise, it would limit you to, like, two in each cycle or something, you know? And, and what if what, clones don't make it, you know, your whole generational situation can fall apart if you're not allowed to have that limit within each of the life cycles. So hopefully that uh, also includes language to include, you know, six plants per life cycle. Yeah, hopefully, but... Well, I would... I'm not holding my breath from New, no, York to no. New York to figure it out correctly, but, you know... I know, yeah. So we'll we'll see. It's I'll, it's one of the standards for homegrown uh, legislation to allow the plants in each stage of life. Yeah, because it's just impractical to uh, keep your growth cycle well, going. Otherwise, yeah, you, know? you don't have a consistent supply. And that's that's a problem too with lawmakers. They don't know nothing about growing pot. Almost all of them. So they don't know nothing about growing anything. No doubt. Um, a few episodes ago. It was episode 67, to be exact. 
I mentioned New Jersey's Cannabis Regulatory Commission. They were functioning illegally because they did not have a black man on their board, and their state law requires that at least one member comes from a national or state branch of a national organization with a mission of studying, advocating, or adjudicating against historical oppression of minorities and is a black man. <laughs> hmm. So Whoops. I was like, wow. Seems like an oversight. That's a, yeah. If you write that into your, you know, little, your law, you got to follow the law, yeah, buddy. I mean, who, who lobbied so, for that to be written in there and then didn't follow failed. through and get a guy on the board? Failed. The NAACP called him out. And so last Wednesday, they switched one of the board members out for the governor announced Charles Barker, a staffer for Senator Cory Booker and a member of the Reverend Al Sharpton's National Action Network. So he is now on the commission charged with setting up and regulating recreational weed in New Jersey. Well, that's nice. New Jersey got their stuff together. <laughs> they're, they're figuring it out. <laughs> now they can move forward. Um, A steakhouse in Detroit made headlines this week when they stood by their dress code policy, which bars customers who smell like weed. They wrote in a Facebook post, quote, most importantly, if you, after talking about how you have to dress business casual, most importantly, if you smell like marijuana, don't even think of stepping inside the club. Oh, it's too late. You brought it up. I'm thinking about it right now. <laughs> I'm always thinking about it and wondering. But, uh, of course, you know, it was face bag, so there was a bunch of commenters who hopped on and said, this is racist. No doubt. That is racist. You can't bar people who smell like weed. You're talking about barring black and brown people. You can't. And I was like, excuse me, as a white person who has dined at a steakhouse and most definitely reeked of the reefer, <laughs> now I'm offended. <laughs> It reminded me of when you, I think it was an anniversary. What are you thinking coming in here stinking? We went to a steakhouse <laughs> and we were so high that uh, they I ordered like a surf and turf, so some lobster and steak, and they came out with the butter in a warmer, which was like a candle, you know, like a tea light, yep. and then they put the butter on top of it, and I, <laughs> I leaned across the table and I was like, we we smell so loud that they put a candle on our table. <laughs> <laughs> and then they brought the lobster out, and I was like, it's a butter warmer. It's a butter warmer. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, but yeah. So, but yeah. Virginia, they're taking some more steps in the right direction. Oh? The governor just signed House Bill 1862 into law, which prohibits employers from discharging, disciplining, or otherwise discriminating against employees for their lawful use of medical weed while away from the job. It's a step in the right direction after all. It uh, seems like a small ask, but uh, yeah, I was good like, for you guys. Isn't, isn't that kind of like the law? Like, if you're lawfully a patient? But whatever, you know. It, the, this bill does underline that you still can't possess or use at work you know you can get well, in trouble yeah, if you that do that it's like eh, okay all basic. right this it <laughs> seems like common sense but now it's a bill that has been no. signed into law there's it no, is official there's no more common sense man no fair enough 
Uh, earlier this month, uh, the governor of Virginia approved legislation that allows the state to sell flour because Virginia wasn't allowed to sell nugs. <laughs> Damn. But now they got nugs. So, you know. I mean, nugs is where you start. Come on, man. If you don't have nugs, you don't have a weed program. Well, that's that's what I thought. Weed um, is nugs, guys. But Get with it. Yeah, you oh, know. you can get gummy bears, and you can get some wax, and you can get some hash. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, you can do derbs, but... Uh, you can't get no nugs, though. Yeah. No nugs. That bill that allows them to sell nug um, also ensures that patients in residential facilities like hospice are able to access medical weed, which I thought was really cool. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah. It's a step in the right direction after all. And last month, Virginia lawmakers had approved a bill to legalize recreational weed. Yep. But as you may recall, not until 2024. Right. And there was like no reason stated for the three-year delay other than like, well, it's just what we had to accept to get this through. Um, so there's House Speaker said last Friday that she is backing an amendment to move the date up to July 1st of 2021. Someday my weed will come. Best of luck to them. Yeah, good luck. But either way, they got recreational pass, so that's cool. Yeah. Um, after weeks of deliberation, a medical weed proposal advanced in Kansas. All right. This is the first time right. in history a bill of this sort has made it this far. It passed out of the House Federal and State Affairs Committee with a vote 13 to 8. And now it's heading to the House. Wow. It will go to vote next week. Um, it's going to get slaughtered, isn't it? Well, why? Well, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm trying to stay positive here, all right? Uh, my face is higher than my hopes. Let's now, put it that way. <laughs> the articles were like, they were really priding themselves on trying to do better than their neighbors, us, Missouri, and Ohio. Oh, yeah. Um, and they're like, we're not going to limit the number of businesses that can get licenses to grow, sell, and manufacture. Um, we're going to have lower licensing fees. But then, <laughs> in this bill, they only allow for oils, edibles, and tinctures. No herb. Oh, what is the no herb thing? I was like, what? what? Exactly. <laughs> and they the bill prohibits home grow. So yeah, that's weak I was sauce, like, bro. Hey, before you try and claim that you're better than the show me state, why don't you show us something that's worth bragging about? Yeah, I mean the the uh, oh, there's no limit on people who can get a license. Like you know, there's not that many people over in Kansas compared to here. You know, yeah. In so. lower licensing fees, like what, fifteen thousand instead of twenty thousand sure, dollars? You know, I, it's I, like okay. I can't wait to see what they come up with. <laughs> Yeah, non-refundable application fees. Yeah, and you have to have five hundred thousand liquid assets or whatever. My bet, my bet is that uh, Kansas might beat out Nebraska and finally coming up with some shit. But if they're gonna try to wag dick and say that their weed law is gonna be better than Missouri's, um, I'm on the show me state shit on that. You know, I'll be- yeah. I believe it when I see it. Yeah. Um, in the last episode, I talked about. Nebraska, uh, Nebraska, no, New Mexico's uh, recreational bill that didn't get voted on in time before the end of the session. Yep, they expired. And the governor's spokeswoman, whose last name was Sackett, 
I remember <laughs> she she uh was she hinted that there might be a special session to push it through. Well, guess what? What? That special session was today. What? Yes. And uh, I hadn't seen any updates on it, but come next Token Tuesday, I will let you know how that went. So when are we smoking some weed? That's what everybody there is thinking. No joke. And my last weed story for today. <sighs> Sadly, we're back in South Dakota. Uh-oh. Christy, Christy, what are you doing? Christy Noem is trying to add restrictions to the voter-approved medical law. Oh, Miss Open and Free, and everybody's uh, allowed to conduct business the way they want? Miss mm. uh, Common Sense Science? She pitched this last Friday. Okay. But the deadline for considering legislation under normal circumstances has already passed. Sure. So, as we've talked about, she already pushed some legislature that was going to delay the implementation of the medical system by a year. Uh, and she wanted some committee to study medical weed, but that didn't pass. <coughs> so things looked like they were back on track. <coughs> things she's proposing that she wants as restrictions. She wants to limit the number of plants in a home grow. Lame. Yeah, just lame. I mean, there's just no need, really. She doesn't want minors to be able to get medical cards. Mm, that's dumb, too. Well, you think I mean, of just, all the child, children with, seizure patients, you yeah, know? The, the thing about medical weed is, like, if it helps you, it helps you. And it's, like, the, the efficacy and safety surpasses any kind of pharmaceutical cocktail you can come up with. Yeah. Uh, killed less people than Tylenol. Killed less people than, you know, you can name anything. Name the most benign over-the-counter drug. She also commented on the minors getting medical cards and said she wants to prohibit them from smoking or vaping. And I'm like, you know, there are so many other... There's tinctures, there's edibles. I think everyone should be free to choose their own, you know, how they're going to get their medicine. But fine. <laughs> I could I could settle for that, I suppose. Like, oh, you're minor, you have to take edibles. Okay, whatever. It's still your medicine. It's still going to get to you, you know? As you need it, but... Yeah. Well, you know, th this is the thing that these morons don't realize about the laws to prevent, uh, you know, anybody from smoking something. They don't really work that well, no. do they? They don't really no. work that well. Turns out... Prohibition never works. It turns out that uh, people are going to do what they fucking want to do, you know? Yeah. And the last thing she wants to restrict or change is she wants to grant authority to the Department of Health to track the weed before it's sold, and then when it's yeah, you know, the whole seed, seed to, sale. to sale shit. Yeah, it's such a boondoggle. It's just extra like costs associated with everything. Now I've said this many times. And I'll say it again. It's cool to know where your seed came from and how it was grown and like the genetics and everything. Uh, it's cool to know that, and the best uh, market providers will provide ton of information about your weed they'll test it and tell you the thc content and the cbd content they'll tell you whether it's an indica or sativa the genetics of it all that kind of stuff when it was grown uh some some even tell you you know what lighting they used like if it was led grown or if it was greenhouse grown or whatever it was yeah all of that information is cool and interesting but shouldn't be mandated and they want to mandate this seed to sale tracking where there's a qr code on every plant it's just so expensive and so ridiculous 
you wind up with a, a system where if a, if you lose a QR code or lose a tag on a plant that you can't even sell that plant, you can lose plants. It's like, uh, it's just so unnecessary. It doesn't help anyone. Those requirements just put an unnecessary burden on businesses without actually helping the consumer. The consumer is going to be helped because the incentive is to give them the correct information, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Get me started again on this. I know. Well, grumpy. <laughs> the grumpy young stoner coming out again. <laughs> Still waiting on the South Dakota Supreme Court to take a look at the recreational weed legalization that was passed by voters and then declared unconstitutional by the circuit court. So that's still pending. I mean, it's crazy. Voters approved recreational and medical. They were like, let's get our weed. Yeah, I like it. (laughs) We could have done it. Yeah, should have done it. Could have, should have. But we didn't. But we didn't. Alas. Uh, So do you remember the first time you ever got caught speeding? Oh, man. That's a good question. I'll have to think on it. But uh, that is our topic of the week. For, for those who are just joining or who are new to the bowl, we do a first time I ever topic. Every week we talk about the first time I ever did a thing. And this week it's the first time I ever got caught speeding. And uh, you can share your stories with us. It's really simple. Call 816-607-3663 and the play of That's right. We'll play your voicemail on Bowl After Bowl. Just call in 816-607-3663 like these callers did. And uh, maybe that will give me some time to remember. I guess since I was the one who suggested this topic, I should probably share my uh, first time I caught speeding, got caught speeding story. So it was uh, – I didn't even own a car yet. Uh, so I was about 25 maybe. And uh, – so what it, what had happened? Uh, so yeah, I didn't at that point. I didn't have a car, and I, I didn't think I needed a car. Well, I, it, that, that obviously changed at some point. But so I had to, to do a job that that I was uh, hired out to do. I had to go drive up to, uh, you know, from Santa Cruz where I lived, all the way up to, um, you know, all the way up to the, uh, you know, I don't know, yeah, way north of where I lived. And so I I, I drove up Highway One. Uh, cause I thought that, cause given where I needed to go, which was in San Mateo, I think I was, it was easier to get there by taking highway one. Well, yeah, I went like, I was going really fast. I don't know. Yeah. So I, uh, I was, go- I was going up highway one and, and the, uh, and cop was coming the other direction. He turned around. I'm like, Oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> so I pulled over. I didn't, wasn't even a, you know, wasn't even the question. It was, I mean, and yeah, it was, uh, you know, I wrote me a ticket. I think, you know, I think he, uh, you know, he said I was going, um, you know, and I, I think he wrote down 85. I think that might have been generous. <laughs> and I was doing it in a rental car. Yeah, that's, that's just oh, even yeah, more fun. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, and then I had to – then I eventually had to go up to uh, San, the, the, uh, the San Mateo County Courthouse to um, – to, to go to court, yeah, which is fun to try and do uh, when when you do public transport. Oh, so, no. um, yeah, so that was that was all fun. Uh, I haven't, I don't think I've been pulled over for speeding since. It's been, you know, that was that was I don't know, twenty five years ago or you know, close to that anyway. I don't know. I was, yeah, I was, I was, uh, it was, I was definitely young and yes, and not having a car that was just, uh, yeah, that was dumb. But uh, you know, that's my that is my first time I ever speeded. 
And, you know, this is what I said. This is what I say to my, uh, to my old self. And you're dumb. <laughs> well done. And you're dumb. Yeah. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, you know, when the cop turns around, actually, you know, even before the cop turns around, like if you're cruising down the road and then all of a sudden a cop just like woof, whizzes by you the other way, mm. you're just like, Oh, I'm fucked. Ruh row. And you're like so screwed. You don't even like hit the brake. You just pull your foot off the gas, you know? Because you don't also want to like look like you slammed on your brakes and make an even bigger fool out of yourself. But what do you do? You just watch that. Uh, you watch him in the rearview mirror, and you watch that. You watch his brake light come on, and sure enough, it's like, oh god, <laughs> thank god they're so good at whipping around too. It's like you see him start whipping. They're like, oh, you're just like, all right, you got me. I'm over. I pulled over. I'm all the way over. I can't pull over any farther. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah. Fug. Keep your hands on that wheel and just, uh, yes, sir. Sorry, sir. I don't know, sir. How fast are you going? I don't know, sir. I don't know, sir. Yeah. Don't be like the lady in the story we talked about <laughs> when we were bowling last week. Oh, yeah. No doubt. Uh, do you know how fast you're going, ma'am? Uh, No. 149 miles per hour. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I was only going 129. <laughs> Literally her answer. Nope. Oh, I thought I was only going 129. Oh, lady. Don't pretend like you thought about it, lady. Seriously. Don't pretend like you thought about it. Uh. Well, I thought about my first time I ever got caught speeding. You probably got a better memory. Oh, yeah. Mine's simple. Plus, and, you uh, probably haven't had as many uh, as me. Let's go. <laughs> I knocked on wood because I have never been pulled over for speeding. Ooh. <laughs> wow. So you didn't even have to remember nothing. No. You cheater. <laughs> but I, I have been pulled over. Okay. Not for speeding, huh? No. I, as a driver, have only been pulled over once. And the cop asked to check my ID because he didn't think I was an adult or <laughs> had a license, old enough for a license. Oof. I was just leaving my work, working at Wendy's like a jerk. <laughs> I was probably, yeah, 16 or 17. Asshole. Damn. I well, could, couldn't even believe they could pull people over for that. If they're driving just fine. Oh, I mean, if he's like, <laughs> look at the tits on that eight-year-old. <laughs> he <laughs> probably was when he got to the get window. Get off the road. Get off the road. <laughs> but then again, you know, you're wearing that fast food garb. The unfuckable outfits. You know oh, what I'm yeah. talking about? Fast food, out, fast food uniforms, I think, are uh, designed by corporate to make you look absolutely unfuckable, no matter what your body type is. Yeah. Now, I, I do also remember the first time I was in a car that got pulled over for speeding, but that was you. So I don't know if you want to <laughs> share your story first. Well, uh, I'm going to let another caller go, and then, okay. I'll, and then I'll let you know. Okay, so the first time I ever, um, well, I suppose I should start that over again. Hey, all, it's Reverend Cybertrucker here. Hey, oh, Reverend. And uh, the first time I ever got caught speeding, it was August 1995. Wow. Uh, a few months, a couple of months before my first daughter was born. I'm 20 years old. I've had my driver's license for a grand total of three months. Oh, damn. Uh I was also a youth minister at a church in Pueblo, Colorado. I lived what? in Falcon. Now, it's a little bit of a drive down there. Well, one morning I wake up, Sunday morning, 
and I'm almost late for church. Uh-oh. So I throw all my clothes on. I run outside. I jump in a 1994 Geo Metro. Yes. And start hauling ass towards Pueblo. Coughing on I wheels, baby. Stopped. Oh, no. Just south of, of the Army base on I-25 doing 96 miles per hour Woo. in a 65. This is my very first ever speeding ticket. Ouch. Man, if I clocked you doing 96, what did he say, 96? That's 69 backwards. If I clocked you doing 96 mile an hour in a Geo Metro, I think I would just take my head off and like salute you. <laughs> I'd just be like, damn, that guy's bringing it. He's probably late, poor bastard. He's not Tokyo drifting it in the Geo Metro, I must say. That's beautiful. The Reverend indeed, so that makes sense though. That the Reverend was a youth Reverend. It does make sense. So I do uh, remember the first time, and the reason I remember is because I had to like, I got in trouble for a few like just dumb shithead kid stuff in high school, and I had to remember the one that was speeding. (laughs) (laughs) But the speeding one uh, had been that I was a permit driver, so I hadn't even got my driver's license yet. And... um, I hopped in the minivan during the main church service. So at church service, there was like Sunday school and then main church. But like when you're in main church, everyone sings a couple songs and then everyone breaks off for like, you know, the youth service or whatever. Um, well, instead of going to that, I just went out of the parking lot, <laughs> zoomed off in the, in the minivan and was just cruising the back roads. I just wanted to get some driving in like, blow off some steam, you know, put some teen angst on the road uh, in that little half-hour window that I had before I had to be back. So I was just going to do a big old loop, maybe a loop and a half of the back roads. I pulled over. I was probably doing 15 over or something. And the dude was, like, shocked, and I was, like, a little kid. And he was just, like, I mean, I was 15, but, you know, for police pulling you over, that's, like, and I also had a baby face even back then. (laughs) Yeah. That kid, that cop probably thought the same thing your cop thought of like, is this kid even old enough to drive? And it turns out, like, technically I wasn't. I was on a permit, so you have to, like, be in the car with your parents on a permit. So I got chewed out by the cop, and he was just like, uh, you know, I could, like, ruin your life, and you'd never be able to get a driver's license until you're, like, in college. Is that so? If he wrote me up the ticket and all this shit, yeah. Fuck. Instead, he ended up just calling my parents, and that was just as bad, probably, but not as bad, you know. The repercussions weren't as long, let's say. But yeah, you don't you don't want to be driving around alone on a on a learner's permit. I f- dumbassed around in that minivan a, a number of times. I was gonna say, was that your first uh, drive during the youth group? That was probably my service? first, yeah, the first time I ever <sighs> pulled a stunt like that. Yeah, first and only. I stopped. You- <laughs> I stopped doing it, but. I stopped doing it with church. Um, we lived, the church was at the top of the hill of the street that we lived on, but you couldn't just drive straight up the hill and be at the church. You had to drive up and then around the church and into the parking lot, which the entrance was on the other side of our street. Mm. You know, So you had to drive out of the neighborhood, around the whole church, and then into the parking lot, but it was right there. Um, so sometimes I'd just be like, hey, take the van home, you know? Everyone else will walk, and you take the van home. And I would take it home the long way, and <laughs> sometimes... I just had uh, a real 
thirst for like tight corners and screeching tires and cul-de-sacs and shit. And I just kind of didn't understand. I was just too, too big of a dipshit naive and had not done it before to understand like how loud that is and like how obvious doing that is, you know? Yeah. Or you like had a lady run out of her house and scream at me and shit. <laughs> and, uh, she also gave me the line if she could ruin my life. Everyone was just like, I'll ruin your life. Don't ever do it again. And then like in all these different circumstances, I didn't do that kind of shit again. You know, I just like took it right past the line and then right back. Like, okay, no doing that anymore. Oh, no doing that anymore. And yeah, I don't know. I guess that's how you learn as a shithead kid. Yeah. But then you got caught and pulled over for speeding later. <laughs> No, I th- the the squealy tire thing was the later incident. Oh, oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that was that was a different incident. I had my license at that point, but only just. I think I just gotten it. Uh, this caller remembers first, first time. time I was ever caught speeding. Was never motherfuckers because I'm one slick dick motherfucking human resource. <laughs> wow. We're so long on that one. I'm a slick dick human resource. And I biffed it uh, in the bowl. Bull biffs from boobs. <laughs> in the bowl, boobs. In the bowl. Oh, yeah. Boobs and I. Boobs. You and boobs, man. You can't catch them. can't Me catch the Midnight Riders. And my boobs. Hell, <laughs> yeah. Oh, we got a text in at the text line as well. Uh, driving home with my high school girlfriend, now wife. Got nailed for going 44 in a bullshit 35 zone in my dad's El Camino after seeing the movie <laughs> Titanic. Sad trombone. Wow. Thanks for the text. There's some first times popping up in the bowl chat, too. Oh, yeah, let's hear those. I shall read them. Roman says, first time I ever got caught speeding was at about 2 a.m. on I-40 in New Mexico. I got clocked at 84 miles per hour, but I had just slowed down from 97 since I saw a couple semis side by side about a quarter mile ahead of me. Could have been a much more expensive ticket. No doubt. Good for slowing down there at the perfect part. I love getting saved by that, you know? Saved by the slowdown. Saved by the slowdown or uh, keeping a spotter is a favorite tactic of mine. Spotters are great. After having, you know, been subjected myself to a bunch of dumbassery that was very obvious, like I just quickly learned that you can't be obvious, you know, you have to calm the fuck down, just chill out, do stupid shit if no one's around, blend, make sure that no one's around. Also, gravel is not only funner to dumbass around on in a car, but it's also like uh, much quieter, (laughs) turns out. Who'd have thunk? Yeah, there's a lot that I learned really quickly uh, when it came to dumbassing around in cars. Kinpop DJ comes in in the chat with his first time I ever. First time I was pulled over, 24 over in a 65. Ooh. Cop was bewildered that I didn't even slow down as a, as a passed him, as I passed him, in the turnaround area of the highway. I remember thinking, hey, only cops are supposed to be there as I flew past him. <laughs> nice. <Shit. laughs> and then you got gat. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Only only cops supposed to be there. Man, they they hide so well under the bridge here on seventy one. Mm-hmm. Especially when it's motorcycle season, they could just sit there on their bike with their guns out, their radar guns out, just like plugging cars as they go by. Bloop, 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 bloop. But there's so many cars on that that like you'll just see on the horizon like brake lights. Everybody just starts hitting brake lights, brake lights, brake lights, brake lights, and you're like, yeah. oh shit. They got a bike. They got a bike out there. Uh, here's another caller. Howdy, bowlers. Um, Howdy. It was like uh, 65 or something here today, and then tomorrow's high is supposed to be like 34. Oof. So, oh. Yeah. Had a good one for a little bit. Fuck that shit. But anyways, um, <laughs> first time I ever got uh, caught speeding, I don't. I didn't really get caught. So good enough. Uh, living in kind of rural outskirts of Detroit, growing up. Um, Everybody had, like, uh, either motorcycles or, like, the scooters. They used to be, like, sprees, and, uh, you know, I had a RAV uh, scooter, but uh, those were popular. But then if you're, like, really cool, you had a motorcycle, which... Hell yeah. I wasn't really cool, but I had a motorcycle. But anyways, um, (laughs) you kind of, there was a lot of trails to ride and everything, and uh, I had one for... Two years that was not the fastest thing around, and then um, I have a relative in northern Michigan that owns a lumber mill that traded lumber to a guy that put up a motorcycle that was a uh, fast dirt bike, uh, two-stroke back in the day, which you can't get anymore. But um, you can, but you got to pay extra. I think you got, I don't know if the big manufacturers are making two-stroke again, but that was all like the, it's bad for the environment thing, but. They can actually make two-stroke, I think, more efficient than a, than a four-stroke now. But anyways, um, I came out of a off-road area down the road from my house. And as soon as I pulled out, you had to drive on, like, the main roads around here. And as soon as I pulled out on the main road, there was, like, a cop I could see coming up the road. And he could see me, like, clearly. Nah. So uh, instead of hanging around, I uh, gunned it down the main road. There you go. Uh as fast as I could go, and then whipped <laughs> into a subdivision that I had a cut through in that I could always get away from them, and they couldn't tell where I went, and I cut through there, and then I cut into my house, but they did know what kind of motorcycle that I had back then, because I had uh, had run-ins before. Ned, Ned's so, a known uh, guy. <laughs> anyways, the, uh, I got to my house, and then had my motorcycle in my house, and they wanted to do open the garage door and look at my motorcycle, no. but uh, I was telling them that it was up north and I didn't have it here, but uh, the cop said, uh, yeah, because I clocked somebody doing 80 miles an hour down 26 mile road, and it certainly looked like you, and I said, well, I, I don't know, I was here all day. Anyways, my dad being, uh, my dad was kind of a dick, but for shit like that, he was always the kind of person that, no, my son's been here all day, so my dad came out and told the Oh, 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 that's a hanger. Here, we got it. We got the rest of it. Damn, my judgment is totally off on the three-minute mark. Oh, you lost your magic, man. I feel that uh, the edibles that I've been getting lately are a little bit too powerful for yeah, me. Yeah, just so. eat half. You know. Anyway, you could always my eat dad half. being the person that he was came out and told the cop that I was there the whole time. Hell yeah. Didn't, <laughs> told the cop he wasn't going to open the garage and... Yeah, good uh, for him. One of the few times that he uh, he went to bat for me. Cool. So, anyways, in the ball. Thanks, Dad. 
in the bowl. You're not number one dad mug, but God damn it. When the cops told him to open the garage, you told him go, go find it somewhere else, man. That's what's up. Hell yeah. Thank you, Dad. <laughs> He's been in here all day. I don't know if my my dad would probably my dad would like not talk to the cops for me, but I don't know if he'd lie to the cops for me. <laughs> Just because my dad's like George Washington when it comes to telling lies. Hey, we got one more caller here. All right, let's hear it. <coughs> oh, hey, bowlers. Uh, hey. Yeah, I just, uh, Spencer reminded me of a story about how when I was a kid growing up with my learner's permit, my sister was allowed to drive around with me. She was the one that taught me how to drive a lot, uh, my older sister. But she was, like, 19, 20 years old. I was getting my license when I was, like, 16 years old. Yeah. And Indiana just passed a law that you couldn't uh, be in a car with anybody unless they were over 21 or if they were like your parents. Oh, so like my sister, even though she was the one that taught me how to drive legally, she was not able to ride in the car with me for 90 days after I got my license for like the little uh, <laughs> little uh, security period they Thank had there to lot. make sure you were uh, not going to get yourself killed, you know, go out partying and stuff. But it was kind of dumb because she's the one that taught me how to drive and then she couldn't even ride in the car with me. Like I was able to drive alone even after I got my license. But for 90 days, there was no anybody else in the car except the, your parents. It's a kind of like zero tolerance bullshit that just pervades our society and just fucks everything up because zero tolerance is bullshit pretty much every time, <laughs> except for like maybe pedophilia and rape and stuff like that. But anyway, right. I digress. In, uh, you know, in the bowl, guys. In the bowl. In the bowl. Yeah, they call them uh, victimless crimes, uh, something that, is illegal that you can be fined for or imprisoned for that literally does no harm to anyone else. It's just an arbitrary rule on a piece of paper that you have to do. Like this one. Uh, can't be in a car with anyone unless they're over 21 or they were your parents or whatever. Yeah. Like, they probably had to be a legal guardian or whatever. Dumb. And why over 21? So that means that you can, you can go drive the homeless dude to the liquor store because he's over 21 and that's the only thing you need but you can't let your older sister drive as a passenger as the one who taught you on the permit that's just dumbass laws man that's just legislatures not even thinking it through you know most of the times they really don't give a shit it's all pre-written for them they're just a signature on a line you know I don't believe a lot of those guys put a lot of, like, thought and uh, study into the laws that they pass. And this is why uh, this is why we can't have nice things. Seriously. But, uh... But we know. can have bowling. Yeah. Ah, fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's do it. Let's roll on, uh... So this balls. stray dog got caught sneaking into a North Carolina Dollar General five times. And each time he snuck in, he went for a purple unicorn stuffed animal. <laughs> but finally they called Animal Control, and Animal Control came and got him, brought him to the shelter, and uh, felt for him, so they gifted him the purple unicorn. Oh, yeah. Finally, I mean, that'll keep him from, you know, coming back again. Yeah. He's just and trying to get that damn unicorn. He's been adopted by his forever home already. Oh, fuck Yeah. Got a unicorn and a home within days. Great personality there. Dog's got a story. It's got a sense of adventure. I love it. That's a feel-good bull. Hell yeah. 
Then these tornadoes hit Georgia. So a woman was walking around the day after trying to help pick up and such when she found a baby photo in the debris. She took to face bag with it and ended up connecting with the mom. It was a 44-year-old baby photo, and now she's able to get it back to the mom. Awesome. Power face bag <laughs> when used for good. <laughs> good for something every once in a while. Yeah. A 19-year-old cat, it was a tuxedo cat named Piper, went missing. So a lady put up flyers, and her neighbors were getting ready to move out of their house when they started hearing meowing coming from inside. Ooh. So they gave her permission to go in and investigate. Turned out the cat had fallen down the chimney and was stuck in the fireplace damper. Oh, shit. Yeah. They found the cat 28 days later, and it was hella dehydrated and lost seven pounds. Oh, my God. Well, at least, uh, at least it was still alive. Yes. They found it just in time. Cats climbing on roofs. Climbing down chimneys and shit, and thinking they're Santa, Santa Paws, Santa Claus. Chim Chim Cherie and whatnot. <laughs> In Ontario, a dog stopped traffic to get medical help for his owner who suffered a sudden seizure. Now, this isn't a medical dog, and the girl walking the dog had never had a seizure before, um, but it was all caught on a neighbor's security camera. She just passed out. And the dog's like, sniff, 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 trying to wake her up. And a car comes around the corner, and the dog just runs out into the middle of the road and just stands right in front of the car until the guy gets out and is like, oh, shit, this lady needs nice. help. Man's best friend right there. Exactly. Uh, the dog, whose name was not mentioned. Oh, what's the dog's um, name? Come on. Bless you, dog. The dog was rewarded with a... Oh, Clover, I just found it. Oh, lucky Clover. Different story or different article, but... Clover. She was rewarded with a big, juicy steak. Hell yeah. Dogs and steaks. She earned that steak. <laughs> uh, Representative Mary Johnson of Fargo, North Dakota, had to remove her popcorn machine after it set off the fire alarm twice in one day. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, the legislative wing was evacuated twice. There was a 32-year-old policy in place, just a year shy of that magic number, folks. Oh, close one. But uh, she didn't know about it, uh, and <laughs> the policy was that cooking devices couldn't be used outside of the Capitol Cafe. That makes sense. Yeah. Specifically to prevent the fire alarm from being triggered for dumb reasons. Well, you know, Capitol buildings tend to be very old, and uh, also very stoned. You know, like stone? They're like built of stone? Stony? Stony. <laughs> Stonier than me, even. And, uh, yeah, smoke doesn't travel well in there, you know? It doesn't, no. <laughs> like, get absorbed by anything at all. Just whiffs right up to the fire alarm. <laughs> Nothing more annoying than that. Speaking of old and stony, a relative found a Civil War-era cannonball in Maryland. Nice. Not my relative. <laughs> well, that's too bad. But the relative of the person who uh, the story is about, uh, who unfortunately decided to contact the authorities about the cannonball that was discovered. Never want to do that. No. They claimed that its fusing mechanism was still intact, 
And so it could just blow out, blow up and kill everyone. Hmm. And they decided to have fun, though, and take it out to Beaver Creek Quarry and detonate it themselves. Hey, we can blow this up. We just saw you ain't been blown up before. Maryland Bomb Squad, blowing up Civil War era history. <laughs> Sons of bitches. That's incredible. I think a 200-year-old bomb could go off. I mean, I suppose it could. Could, but, but will like... It? It's been sitting in the ground that whole time, not going off, and the guy dug it up. Well, and these guys can take it apart, you know. You can do it right. You can disarm a bomb, especially an old ass Civil War bomb. Come on. Yeah, they just wanted to play, uh, blow up. They just wanted to blow shit up. You can blow up other shit that's not from the Civil War, you know? Jesus. Yeah. Come on. Seriously. Leave the Civil War artifacts alone. Now, a mafia fugitive was on the run for seven years. Yeah. But he got caught. In the oh, Dominican no. Republic last Wednesday, because he decided to launch a YouTube cooking channel with his wife. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh, seven years you've been free and just like high and low. Yeah. Hey, we want to uh, do this Benini show. We're gonna cook with the. Uh, we're gonna cook with the mob. Spapegi and meatballs. Spapegi and meatballs. It's like for seven years, my wife has been. Hounding me about starting this cooking show. Oh, she won't yeah. get off my nuts about the cooking show. <laughs> We're in uh, Dominican now. It's all good. We should be good. No. Mm-mm. No. <laughs> Let's put it on YouTube, huh? Can uh, we put it on YouTube? No. No YouTube. No. Um, This one's a little sad. A, oh, no. A puppy's face looked like an inflated panda after he ate a bee. <laughs> what? <laughs> Like an inflated panda. That's like a the most. That seems a little redundant, vague huh? Vague description. Pandas are already chubby, but this is that's the headline. Uh, oh, he, he's made is... a he's made a full recovery. Well, good for him. But yeah, his face did get blown up. Yeah, it's a little obviously, big. you know. It's like round. Eat a bee. I don't know what you expect. Looks like a puppy trying to smuggle some kibbles and bits out. That's what he looks like. Doesn't look like no panda. No. Uh, that's funny. I agree with you. Um, a McDonald's customer took petty revenge on the woman behind him in the drive-thru. Oh, no. I can already tell where this is going. <laughs> well, give it a listen. Give it a listen. This guy was placing his order in the drive-thru. Okay. And the lady behind him started honking and Uh, flipping him off and uh being rude because she was yelling that he was taking too long. So when he pulled up to the first window, he asked to pay for her meal. Oh, And then uh, when he pulled up from doing that, he watched her in his rearview mirror as she pulled up to that window and was just shocked. To find out that her meal had been paid for. <laughs> so he, well, you know, just smiling at her. And she was just totally avoiding eye contact with him. But yeah. silent. No more honking, shouting, none sure. of that. Yep. Ignorant shit. So when he got to the final window or the second window or whatever, <laughs> he decided to show the employee both receipts and took the lady's bag of food too. Ah, yes! <laughs> Double strike. His exact quote was, I paid for it, it's mine. Now she has to go around again and wait even longer. She gonna learn today. (laughs) Teach him something, man. Lessons are important. Don't piss off strangers in vehicles, man. Just it's just (laughs) not what you want to be doing. 
This is it's always going to come back at you some way, somehow. It's not a good idea. No. Then I sent you a clip. Oh, a if clip. If you want to play it for my last bowling story on this evening of bowl after bowl. Just from working here for about a month and a half, I've noticed that... There are a lot of weird things that have been donated. Hello, welcome to Goodwill. <laughs> and it's Andrea Lessing's job to sort through them. You want to make sure we're selling good product, that there's no stains, there's no holes, there's no tears, there's no rips. Bad. One day, she came across two sweaters wrapped together, holding what she thought was books. It wasn't. There was just stacks of just envelopes, and it just contained $100 bills. My first thought was, it's fake. But it was real. A stack of $100 bills totaling to $42,000. The largest cash find in Goodwill's history in Oklahoma. Along with it, documents with information that helped them track down the owner, something that is also highly unusual. Normally, we have no way to know who the money belongs to. Even if we wanted to try to give it back to someone, there was no way to find who that person was. Of course, we're all only human, and the thought of keeping or hiding a find like that might cross our minds. But Andrea rose above that urge. I have a daughter. I love her very much, and you can't put a price on my daughter. And I know what could be risked stealing that money. Um, yeah, no doubt. And I do believe in karma. I believe that, you know, if you do something good, something good will come happen, you know, come back to you. And little did she know, she was minutes away from karma coming back to her. Ooh. The owner of the money wanted to remain anonymous, but they did want to thank her for the integrity she showed that day. They asked us if we would give you $1,000 that came out of that money <laughs> and give that back to you. Thank you for what you're doing and your integrity. You really are living our values. Thank you. And that's for you. Just like the moment when she found the money, Andrea's first thought here was her six-year-old little girl. And her birthday's coming up in July, so now I can actually give her an amazing yeah, that's very cool. birthday party. Great. Yes. Well, your, your karma, we all yes. agree with your comments on karma. That's it comes right back. No doubt, wow. I think I bowled like at least 12 strikes during that. I think so. <laughs> yeah, that was killer. Oh. Can you imagine giving away, oops, what did they say, 42 grand? $42,000 in cash? 42 grandes. <clears throat> oh, it's hard to imagine. Did you Both donate my cash sweaters again? <laughs> yeah, my money sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, there was just in between two sweaters. We thought they were books. Oh, oh my gosh. Man. No one accidentally donates the mattress. No. <laughs> Come on, guys. Two old sweaters. I don't know. So, Sir Oma has a suggestion for our first time I ever next week. Oh, yes? The first time I ever saw a meme or viral video on the interwebs. Ooh, okay. I like that. So there it is. First time I ever heard, saw a meme or viral video. Awesome. Yep, that'll be next uh, next week's topic. So feel free to text or call 816-607-3663. Thanks so much for hanging out with us tonight. About wraps things up for another episode of Bowl After Bowl. Uh, join us next week. We're here every Tuesday at 9 o'clock Central. I've been Sir Spencer Wolf of Kansas City. I'm Dame DeLorean. Have a happy Easter. And until next Tuesday, may your bowls burn ever brighter.
Yeah. Yeah. Do not tell me you've come here looking for pot. I should probably try it. Hey, Joe, this is really nice. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowlafterbowl.com. That's a dumb place to keep bowls. Bowl after bowl. Bowlafterbowl.com.